0: Aperture priority number four, support your local camera store.
1: Welcome to the Aperture Priority Podcast, an Avila Studios production where it's all about photography and fun. Now open up that aperture and let some creative light in.
0: Hello and welcome to uh, episode number four of Aperture Priority. Uh, We've been taking a little break, but my name's Tony Avila. I'm back today and I have my regular co-host now, David. Introduce yourself.
2: I'm David. Hey, Tony. How you doing, (laughs) man?
0: Good to have you back. And today we have a special guest.
1: So, hey, guys. My name is Rudy. Um, I'm, yeah, a friend of David's. I've known him for a few years now and I'm
2: glad to be here.
0: Oh, great! And, and uh, uh,
2: well, before you go on, Tony, I got to say something right now. I feel left out. I feel like YouTube been conspiring behind my back. Both of these gentlemen are wearing camera related T-shirts, <laughs> and I'm rocking Batman. So, thanks a lot, guys. Oh, you're welcome.
0: You're welcome. We, we probably should have called you earlier today and tell you what we were wearing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, Rudy's great. Great to have you, and give it a little bit of background on yourself. To, to our audience
1: all right so <clears throat> excuse me um, so i come from a background of fine art i actually have a degree from fresno state um, in fine art uh, weird thing is the backgrounds in sculpture primarily with photography is kind of a secondary thing and um, that's how i met david you yeah, know it was through photography just through um that side of things but also i currently am employed over at horn photo in fresno it's a local camera shop in fresno california
0: Oh, great, great. Yeah, I've known. I used to go to the Horn when they were in the original uh, area. Of, I think it was Olive.
1: Um, yeah, we right on Belmont, actually. Or Bel- right by the yeah, zoo. There. Right
0: by the zoo, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, great memories of that place. So, yeah, great to have you here. So, uh, today I was looking around. Nothing new grabs my eye and gear I, I saw this week. Uh, one One rumor that intrigues me and i got excited the first time i read it on the fuji rumor site but i got too excited and i didn't read it very well <laughs> but there's this rumor that the nix xt3 is going to be kind of like an interchangeable modular system like i guess the Re- i guess ricoh has a camera like that
1: yeah so i've seen this rumor um honestly i'd be very very surprised they did anything like that um it just Even though Fujifilm sometimes like to blindside us with a surprise of some kind, that just seems a little extreme, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: What got me, I was so happy because I've shot with modular systems talking about, I used to shoot a Hasselblad so you could change the backs, the prisms and everything. I was like, oh, this would be great. But then when I read it again, it was like, okay, this module comes with the sensor and fixed lens on it and i was like (laughs) oh it's not a mount behind it and i was like oh now it still could be good some of the things i've read on it you could uh they'll have a full frame 35 millimeter type of sensor and something about a black and white a special monochrome and i thought hmm that would be so cool but then i i just saw oh I guess I can't attach other lenses to it. It'd be with whatever lens. And that's if, the, oh, go ahead. If this is a true rumor.
1: And that's the thing that makes me think it's not true is um, just the fact that the Fuji, not only their philosophy has been to give you the highest quality product in the smallest form factor, but um, they don't have any lenses designed for the full frame. They have to start from scratch. Right. Since they're already pushing a medium format camera, I don't see them doing that, but I've been surprised before.
0: Yeah, that's true. It, It'd be hard to compete against now, you know, Canon, Nikon, Sony, you know, I thought they I do iPhone. For. Yeah. Yeah.
1: iPhone definitely is something to keep in mind. You know, it's, yeah. it's making big waves in the photography world. It is I-
2: iPhone, Samsung phones, all of that. Yeah.
0: A good friend of mine, uh, his name's Josh. I used to work with them at Jostens. He lives in Israel now and he posts this stuff on Instagram. It's all done with uh, his iPhone. It's <laughs> amazing stuff. He's doing just amazing video and stills work, and it, it blows my mind how creative he is with it. So it's kind of like, hey, you know. It's- One of the
1: things I always tell to, um, especially new photographers, they always want to get the best of the best gear they can possibly get. And really, photography comes down to two sides. There's the, the <clears throat> technical side, your numbers, dialing it in, getting your exposure correct, um, the post-processing. Um, that stuff, anybody can learn. Like, it's not to say it's, you can pick it up overnight, but you can learn it. It's it's not super difficult once you dive into it. But the other side is the creative eye. And yeah. I know a lot of people taking cons- what are considered very low-quality cameras and cell phones, and they can still get an interesting shot because they have that creative eye. They're just maxing out the technical limitations of their gear.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I've known people, they want the best of the best, and they go out and buy it. And I've seen somebody, somebody I know, he gets frustrated when he doesn't get the results. You know, we keep making the analogy to the Ferrari. Yeah, you can get, the, you can get a Ferrari, but.
2: oh Yeah, you're not, not going to use it for what it was really made for. Yeah. It. You're not going <laughs> to yeah. go racing down, you know, it was at the, the Autobahn in Germany going 110 miles an hour. You could be stuck in, you know, traffic and you know, in the Central Valley or in L.A. going two miles an hour looking very pretty. Right. Just one of the things
1: I always push is the right gear for the job. Like, yes, you can get a Ferrari and take it to go get groceries from the grocery store, but that's overkill. On the other hand, if you need that kind of speed and performance, then you need it. There's no way around it.
2: Right. Well, I would even say not even just like the right gear for the job, just the, you're, to know your own limitations with the gear that you do have and whether, if you can expand yourself with the gear that you do have and maybe find a way to make it work. I think part that of that's a good point. I think part of photography really is, uh, just making things work. You don't have something, you try to find something to make it work. You know, um, that's part of the whole creative eye thing you are talking about. If you can't find a creative way to make something work, maybe you should like do architecture. You know, <laughs> photography <laughs> or something, because then you can yell at the building, go, "Don't move," and it'll work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh, s- some people are surprised with some of the lenses I use. I, 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 I bought this old, and I, it's gone. Uh, let me back up. It's become my go-to lens. It's I bought it for, I think, $90 off of eBay. It wasn't the faster one. Calm it's, down.
2: Calm down. He said eBay. Don't get angry over there. <laughs> it,
0: it it came from Japan. It's uh, the 135 millimeter, which, which has become my go-to lens. I just love that lens. And it's an old, uh, it's a Nikon AI 135 3.5 lens. And pe- that is a
1: gorgeous lens. Yeah.
0: And people are like, well how'd you blur out that background? And I try to explain to them. And it seems like some people just think it's a magic button. <laughs> you just get the lens. You got this lens. It's going to do – It's you have to work with that, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's, there's steps you can take. Like Technically speaking, any lens can give you a soft background. Just some lenses make it much, much softer and make it much easier to, to have that effect happen. Or you right. can
2: be like me and still using the kit lens that came with your camera and just learn how to get rid of the background altogether <laughs> using lighting and photo- and uh, Photoshop and, you know, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, diving true.
1: back to David over here making his comments about eBay. <laughs> he knows, uh, yeah. me working at a local shop, I'm always pushing, support your local businesses, support your local businesses. Right. It,
0: and that's something that would be a good point today is how important... What was that?
1: that?
2: sound. I don't know. Uh, sound like I, I think Rudy's getting barked at.
0: <laughs> we're get, we're yeah.
2: We get uh, barked at.
0: <laughs> it's the importance of a local camera store, which sadly is disappearing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, when, when I bought my first camera, there were uh, actually two places in Visalia, two main places where you could get cameras. You know, for a city at the size at that time, and that was uh, main main drug camera. And then there was Mike's Quality Camera. And it was a yeah, great place Mike's to go. Yeah, I remember Mike's. I used to
1: shop there back when I was... I grew up in Woodlake, for all those who don't know. So oh, yeah, yeah. Mike's was my camera store I used to shop at.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it was a great resource to go down there. And you could actually see,
2: touch the camera, you know what I mean? Talk to people. It's like the comic book shop. You're going to go in there and you're going to find like-minded people. And you can always get stuff that you... You know, you can talk about what your, your passion is, whether it's photography or, you know, like I was my analogy, would be comics. And you're going to have all this stuff that you need right there, like you're saying.
0: Right. And if you had an important person to talk to that you could trust, that person could say, yeah, this may not be what you need right now. <laughs> exactly. Focus on this first.
1: So that's the my little shameless plug here for local camera shops. Um, the biggest advantage, of course, is if you're looking at a particular lens, you can read reviews about it all day. But until you have it on a camera, it's hard to tell if that's the lens you need. You know, everybody loves that that nice blurred out background of a one thirty five prime. A lot of people don't realize how far away you have to stand from your subject to use that lens. And if you're shooting indoors in a crap studio, it may not be the best fit.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, I I've become kind of a prime snob. I've I've actually <laughs> Me too. I only own, I believe. And I just gave away a zoom. Uh, I didn't even want to sell it. It's like, here, just take it. I think I only have one zoom somewhere <laughs> in my uh, lens bag, uh, actually lens case. And I've mainly shot primes. That's just me. I like primes.
1: I'm the same way. I have one zoom lens, which is my main. Um, just, I'm carrying a camera around for the day. I'm not out shooting, you know, quote, unquote, a job. But um, I just want to carry one lens, keep it lightweight. But exactly. most of my, my gear for, for any kind of work... The primes, because they're, they're, they're my favorites.
0: <laughs> yes. And so I, I try to take a good assortment of, uh, of lenses. I I try to take – in my bag, I currently have the 135, uh, the old Nikkor. I have an old Nikkor uh, – Nikkor. Nikkor <laughs> 200 millimeter F4 that I like.
1: Oh, I love that lens.
0: Yeah. So that's a nice little lens. And then I have my 60 macro, which is a kind of versatile lens, the 2.8 the Always older one have a macro on you, just yeah. in case and then i'll sometimes i'll i'll put i have a D- david liked the name but i can't claim i came up with it i have a, a bunch of nifty 50 nycores <laughs> yeah.
1: i have a nifty 50 on
2: one of my cameras right now actually. I, I say yeah. claim it say i came up with it
0: <laughs> i wish yeah, i could it's
2: an old term
1: unfortunately yeah
0: well,
2: tony's not the youngest guy on earth so he can still
0: claim yeah, it so i could <laughs> claim it so and so i'll i'll do that the only thing i'll get creative i'll I'll put a 24 millimeter prime if i'm going to go out and shoot like we did the night shoot that i did with david back uh oh bob a year and a half ago it's yeah like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think do, it was I'll, the fall before last yeah, yeah. so and, so I'll, I'll carry these lenses uh but sometimes you know I, it's knowing what lens it, it kind of works for you it's good to talk yeah. to somebody you know and actually yeah. see it
1: exactly and getting back on the the Another reason to, to go to your local shops. Um, one of the nice things with camera gear these days, whether it be lenses, camera bodies, um, for anything that's brand new with a USA warranty, that price is set by manufacturer. So I will, <clears throat> excuse me, so I readily admit if you walk across the street from our shop to Best Buy, if they have the gear, it is actually the exact same price. And so you don't have to shop around necessarily and say, hey, does this store have it cheaper? Does this store have it cheaper? Canon sets that price. Nikon sets that price. That's but
2: I can get it on eBay for $200 less.
1: If you buy used gear, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But if you're buying brand new with a, a full USA warranty, it's the same price anywhere in the country. Right. And and I think a lot of people don't know that. I think a lot any, of people don't.
0: I think anymore, everybody, you know, you have all these apps for your phone now that they'll they'll find the best deals. And I think we've gotten to that tunnel vision, you know, I want deal. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't say tunnel vision, I would say the exact opposite. I think it's not that we're just our, our zoom is we're so focused on one small thing I think there's just so much to choose from that we kind of just we're lost for the yeah. most part like people literally don't know how to shop anymore
0: that's true
1: yeah well the things with with shopping for camera gear um, again every once in a while people will be on you know as, as David always Praises Amazon. Hello. <laughs> this is Where I got my Canon. I might have to have you look at it now and see if all the numbers match. And Oops. usually it's not a bad thing, but every once in a while, if you find that one manufacturer, for some reason, this one seller has it for three or $400 cheaper, that should immediately raise a red flag. Yes. And in best case scenario, it's a, what they call a gray market, meaning somebody, let's say if I flew over to Europe, I bought a camera in Germany, I flew back over here and I sold it as brand new. Yes. Technically it's brand new, but because it wasn't purchased in the United States, not only does it not have that warranty from the manufacturer in the country, but American repair shops will not touch it. You have to mail it back to country of origin to get it repaired. So what you're saying
2: is like if I was to buy that if I my, my Mark three, if I five D Mark three came from Europe, like you were just saying. And something came up, and I called up Canon, and I was like, I want to have you guys
1: you know, ship it out to you and clean it. They're not going to do it? That's correct. You'll send it to them, and they'll send it right back and say, hey, this is a gray market. We apologize. We can't fix it.
2: So would they be able to inform me where I can send it, or is that something I had to find out for myself?
1: Unfortunately, you have to find that on your own. So again, if you bought it in Germany, it has to go back to Germany to honor any kind of warranty or even just to pay for repairs. Yeah. yeah. And well, so that's the catch.
0: That's the catch. And, and it get begin- Somebody may see, oh, wow, I love that $300 cheaper price tag. But when it comes to getting a service or something, you know, they're going to have to jump through hoops now to to send it to Germany.
2: You're probably not going to get it back in two weeks. Exactly. So so I should call Canon up and say, hey, is my camera (laughs) allowed to be fixed here in the United States of America?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know if they can give you that info over the phone or not, but, you know.
2: So everyone who's bought off of Amazon, that's something that even I didn't know. So that's something, if you have already bought, maybe you should check into. If you haven't, that's something to think about.
1: Now, again, if it was the same price that everybody else was, was selling it for, it probably is an American model. You're probably fine.
2: Mine was. It, yeah. The only reason yeah. why I went to Amazon, I'm going to be honest with you, is because um, I lived in Lemoore at the time, and it's about the same <laughs> distance. I really do not want to drive 45 minutes to go spend 3900 or twenty nine thirty nine hundred dollars whatever it was.
1: And that is fair.
2: You know, it's just, um, yeah, It's I would really love to support you, but unless you're going to say, yeah, man, I'll pick it up and bring it to you. I'm like, mm, Amazon does that. <laughs> well,
0: uh, I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. <laughs> Go for it. Bring it. Uh, when I bought my Nikon D200, mm-hmm. I drove all the way down to Santa Barbara to Sammy's. Well, I can't drive in that kind of traffic. My <laughs> girlfriend mocks me for that. Oh, it's not bad going to Santa. Here's, here, here's the reason why. <laughs>
1: chime in real quick um again i work at horn photo uh we do deliver you can order it through our website and we'll mail it to you
2: now there he you. tells me uh, now he tells Just for
1: me. the record
0: well what well, i went i was gonna buy it at mike's i went i was gonna buy this it was right when the d200 came out a few years ago and for us uh nikon shooters that was a big thing and so me and two other friends of mine we got up early Saturday, because the uh, Nikon sometimes, I don't know if it's teasing us, they kind of just trickle out so many. They
1: do. It drives us crazy. The store, right. too. People come in. Do you have this camera? It's like Well, we have like six of them on the right. way. We we'll know see, about it. Yeah, we'll see two every two weeks for the next month and a half.
0: <laughs> right. So, so we went down, you know, and, and I live in Tulare. So I, I get there, you know, that, that's uh, about a 15 mile drive for me to get there. So no big deal. So I go down there. There were so many, I guess they had sold, I don't know how many that morning when we got there. And I remember there's three of us, we show up, there was one, there was one up there and the owner, and I used to work at it. I worked there. I I used to work at a camera store too. So we, we asked her, can we see it? And this was the response we got from her was like, well, if you touch it, you have to buy it. Mm. And we just looked at, at her like, really? Is that going to be your attitude? And she goes, There's somebody coming here to see it. So if you're going to touch it, you have to buy it. So we said, All right. And we w- all three walked out. My two friends, the very next week, they drove to Santa Barbara to buy from Sammy's. You know, she lost three sales that oh, day, yeah. potential sales. Now, when I bought mine, it was probably a month later. I'm kind of weird. Sometimes I got that excitement. And then when I didn't get it, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get it later.
2: Yeah. It mm-hmm. happens, all yeah. Of us.
0: So one day I was going down there with my good buddy, Doyle, and we drove down to Santa Barbara and we went to Sammy's there. And, uh, I was talking to the guy and he goes, Hey, where'd you drive up from? You know, cause he overheard our conversation the salesman. And I said, you know, we're from Tulare. And he goes, Oh, I think I've heard it. Where's that at? And I said, it's kind of between between Fresno, Vice, uh, not Vice, uh, Bakersfield. And he goes, whoa, you you drove up a distance. <laughs> yeah. And then I told him the story about the camera or local camera store, how that annoyed us. And, you know, we talked for a while. And he saw that I really wanted it. And uh, he goes, hey, man, you know, I know you drove up a long way. I know you could order it back east, but I tell you what. I'll knock off 50 bucks off the price for you. And I was so impressed with that. And I was like, hey, that was service. That's what you should be getting from a local camera store. And I said, pull down my credit card and here you go. And I bought it. Did you hug him? (laughs) I won't say that on air.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so there here's the it. one tricky thing, you know, Upper Horn Photo. We do offer, especially if you buy a camera from us, we'll give you discounts on accessories like memory cards and filters and carrying bags. Um, a lot of the cameras, not all of them, but certain cameras will oftentimes come with a free class. Um, we will do what we can to, to help make that that transition. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when it comes to the price of the camera, our hands are largely tied. Um, like you mentioned, the fifty dollars off the camera. We can't do that. We get dinged by Nikon. We have to sell them weekly reports of what we sold and what we sold it for, printed off our system, and we will get in big trouble for marking down that camera price, which is unfortunately the, the, the way it's set now. Now, the good side is that prevents Best Buy from doing the same thing because you know they can't drop it down either. But, right. you know, us local shop will do our best we can to assist with accessories and other um, services, but that camera price is set, and we can't touch it. The other cool thing... Um, all of our staff, we all shoot different brands. You know, I personally, my main go-to camera is Fujifilm because they're coming out with some just really interesting products. Um, some of the other guys in the store, we have a Canon shooter, a Nikon shooter, a Sony shooter. Um, we have a, um, a Panasonic shooter. <laughs> we have a pretty wide set of, of, of opinions, but we also know the technical, you know, facts. And so if you have a question about a Canon, just because I shoot Fujifilm doesn't mean gonna tell you don't get Canon, by Fuji. You know, I will go over that Canon. I know that the, the detailed what that camera can do and can't do.
2: Yeah. And I've mentioned that to anybody that I've talked about with you is like, um, if like when it comes to someone who's been shooting for a while, I I send them to Tony, no offense, Tony, but you have been shooting longer than the rest of us. When it comes to lighting, I send people to Brandon because Brandon is fantastic with his lighting. But when it comes to actual technical know-how, I'll send them to either Tony or Rudy. And because I know Rudy has handled everything. So, I mean, that. Uh, not only is he going to be trying to sell you something. If I have a problem, I can call Rudy up if it's really technical, and I know Tony is either busy or asleep, and I and he can probably help me out and you know get an idea of what's wrong.
1: And David does, by the way. I'll get messages on Facebook at like midnight. It happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> by the way, you are wrong, sir. We're going to talk about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I I do agree with Fuji. I you know, let, let me tell you a funny story about Fuji. I, a few years ago, when they were, I think the, it was called the S2. It was basically mm. a modified Nikon body that they would put their early <clears throat> the X Trans uh, sensor in it.
1: Yeah, so they had the what did they have. They had the X Pro One. They had a X100S. Actually, not- it, it
0: was even before that. Okay, it was bef- It was uh, I'm talking probably uh, 2001, 2002.
1: Mm, gotcha. I will admit I'm not as familiar with Fujifilm past the last decade,
0: right? And and it's basically they did the same thing. Can Canon, uh, not Canon, uh, uh, Kodak. When Kodak got into digital, they basically got a Nikon body and and they would modify it. But, yeah. So then end, you would just use Nikon lenses with it.
1: That's kind of how things start. Uh, I think Nikon and Canon started by modifying Leica cameras. For <laughs> a long right, time,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, the, the old rangefinders, yeah. yeah, back in the day, yeah. Well. What was interesting? Okay, they had this. Basically, it was a Nikon. You could tell what D series at the time, but they would just put Fuji on it. <laughs> and uh, uh, the guy uh, was trying to. What was I was I was at a basic? I think Photo West show down in L.A. I think in Pasadena, and. uh he saw, I, I went by their uh, little, uh, you know, where they were showing off their new gear, their little booth. Yeah. And the guy was trying to, you know, you know he's a salesman. He was one of their salesmen. He says, oh, yeah, well, our new S2 Pro, he, first he goes, well, what do you shoot? And I go, Nikon. He goes, see, your lenses will work with ours. And I go, yeah, I know that. And then he was making a big deal. I think it was like a six megapixel, you know, <laughs> you know, at the time that, that was the big thing. And he was saying, yeah, you should switch to our system. And then I go, yeah, that's true. I, I, I've heard a lot about it. And then he goes, yeah, our JPEGs are great. Then I just looked at him because I, I've been shooting raw since the oh. beginning. And I'm going, no, nah, I, I like shooting raw. And then he started, you know, gave me a long lecture why. And, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, I still prefer shooting, you know, raw. And he started getting more, you know, Aggressive in his salesman and i go look i i shoot at the time semi-professionally and i some of the shots i do are for uh printing you know so yeah. so in in that uh in my graphic design business and uh he started really push you should shoot jpeg and i kept telling him no you know and uh <laughs> He kept arguing with me. He, then it started getting heated. He was saying, look, you see these, and he, they had three portraits, and you know, it was like, I think Fuji would have fine, super fine, their settings on, yeah. on JPEGs, and mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, that's all great, but I'm not interested, because at that time, Nikon had a six-megapixel camera. Right. It was half the price. So he's telling me all this stuff to get a camera that's going to make better JPEGs in body, something I don't do. I, use, I would use Photoshop for that. And so I kind of had a, that left the bad experience because the guy, you know, he's being a salesman. Yeah. And then the funny thing is when they were showing me. He was trying to show me something in their menuing system, and back then the menuing systems were just god awful, horrible. He couldn't find anything. He couldn't it find somehow. Yeah, it, and and this is this is the truth. This is what happened. He had his engineer, one of the Fuji engineers, that he hands it over to them. and says, "Hey, where's this?" The engineer couldn't even find it. So I go, <laughs> "Okay, I'll I'll be back," and I just walked away. So that kind of left a little, but, understandably. When the the new X series came out, and when I used that XT one the first time, I started like, hey, "Hey, that's not so bad about this mirrorless stuff." Yeah, you know. Now, in your opinion, you know, who's got a good mirrorless system out right now that's really?
1: Oh, this is a fun subject.
0: Yeah, I know you you you're sell <laughs> you have to sell all, but who's really pushing? You know?
1: Yeah. So, one other side note real quick before I answer that question. Getting back to the pushy salesman. That's one more advantage of the local shop. We, as the shop, we deal with the different brand pushy salesman. And then in the store, you're like, well, I don't really want you to JPEG. Okay, I'll put this camera back and pull this one out for you. You know, exactly. we're not loyal to a specific brand, which is one of the cool things about a shop versus, you know, buying direct from a manufacturer. But anyway, mirrorless cameras. So, right now, the the biggest one on the on the... Um, as far as sales and, and, you know, what's selling the most at the moment is Sony. Now I also, myself, I own a Fujifilm, a Panasonic and an Olympus. So I own the other three big leaders in mirrorless, but I actually don't own a Sony myself. Now here's the, the, the pro and con Sony is the only one offering a a fully supported full frame mirrorless camera at this point. So if you're, if you're looking for that full frame sensor, um, you really don't have very many options outside of Sony when it comes to a mirrorless full-frame camera. You know, there's Leica, but that's, you know, that's beyond most people's oh, budget. Yes. Yeah. And so Sony's offering a lot. Um, people always ask me, well, then why do you shoot Fujifilm? For me, um, I find I'm not shooting as many weddings or um, events like that, which are really, really low-lit. Um, I'm traveling more. I'm shooting more locations. I'm shooting portraits at the beach as opposed to in a wedding hall. Um, my low-light performance only has to be good enough for my flashes to do the rest. And so as I use, you know, off camera lighting, um, the IS, the sheer ISO capability of a APS-C sensor is more than capable for what I'm shooting. So even though Sony right now is kind of the, the market leader for a lot of quote unquote, you know, pro photographers with mirrorless cameras, um, mostly that's for wedding shooters. Cause they want that full frame. They want that extreme low light situation, but I just like shooting the Fuji better. It's got mechanical dials, which I think are fun. You know, Sony is very menu heavy, and to me, it felt more like I was operating a tablet than a camera, which you know kind of bugged me. And a lot of people don't mind it; they love it. It's a great system, but um, I just like my film style controls that Fuji offers.
0: I totally agree with it. I I do like the retro designs. That we talked about this last time. I don't remember the last show about where I was griping about Sony. How you touch it, it's like. I, I here's how I feel. <laughs> This is designed by somebody who makes a PlayStation.
1: Now, I will admit, they're their newest models. They came out with the A9, the A7R 3 and the A7 III that just came out like a week ago. Um, They're starting to learn. But um, yeah, the original Sony cameras, the the mirrorless design, you can tell that the people who designed it, um, they need to get these features on there. But they weren't really looking at how photographers have been doing things for decades. And so they didn't really know where to put things.
0: Exactly, it, it, that kind of surprised me about Sony because I know they have the other uh, their other series, which which is basically Minolta. They because when they bought yeah. out the Minolta Maxim system, did they not keep their camera designers? I I know they went from <laughs> a traditional DSLR to mirrorless, but it was like I, I just don't. I I guess I don't see the sexy factor in their camera. And you, And the menuing system just drives me nuts
1: that was my thought process too like again um i'm I'm not shooting weddings very often I've shot a handful. I try to avoid them just because they're a lot of stress um, uh, yeah <laughs> right uh, but yeah you know, if you need that full frame sensor because you need to be shooting in a super dark um, you know wedding wedding reception hall um then you need that but for most people even the aps e sensors today they perform so well at higher ISOs that it for your average shooter it doesn't even matter um, you know your pros are still going to need the absolute cleanest they can possibly get and so the larger sensor is beneficial but um you know it's not the end all and be all anymore there are definitely other options out there that can still give you fantastic picture quality so my question is this Tony would you have used that
2: Sony that night in the mountains y- yes
0: i i would have Yep. Here, here's the reason why. I don't think I know the story. Uh, well, we were up in
2: the hills, and there was yeah. flashlights, and there was beekeepers, and it with was just you, all kinds it, of fun. And there. more, And yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It was like Dora on crack. It was great.
0: The, the reason <laughs> that... the Here's one thing, and some people may disagree with me. I think Nikon and both Sony, when it comes to low light, I think their sensors perform better. I know... I hear canon's coming out with something new but i don't know that's more for their video
1: well, i could touch on that here yeah. so canon um and nikon of course have been competing for decades now um one of the the pushes that canon made was highlight recovery so if you overexpose your shot you can pull it back down and still have that details in the highlights the reason that got popular is for wedding dresses Weddings. you shoot a wedding dress you overexpose it on an icon um it's you have much less leeway to get that detail back. Um, but on the flip side, Nikon and, and and Sony tend to favor the shadows. So if you underexpose it, you can bring that back up. And so it's, it's like splitting hairs, to be honest. It is pretty minimal, but the Nikon tends to have a slight edge, um, well, Nikon and Sony, in low-light performance because you can raise it up in post um, with more ease, whereas Canon favors the highlights.
0: Because I, I still currently have a Nikon D700. Great camera. But, yeah, remember, it's going to be a decade old pretty soon. So the sensor <laughs> was not made at the time. You know, they won't really push, you know, the yeah. low light. So right. that night, yeah, it would have worked better up there Yeah, That is true.
2: It was hilarious, though. We had guys <laughs> with flashlights holding them up, and I was holding uh, his flash unit for him because it wasn't firing correctly or it was you know, it was doing something.
0: I was having you, because was firing it remotely, so I was having you stand off to the side. Yeah. yeah. So was was trigger, Yeah, it, it
1: was hilarious. At least you have a good story to tell.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I I do see that. And and honestly, you make a good point. Some of my best shots were done on the cropped sensor. You know, my I'm going to toot my own
1: horn. <laughs> Go for it. Toot toot.
0: A, a few years ago, I I used to still compete. In, let's say at the Tulare County Fair.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of my friends uh you know i i didn 't take that big plunge into being a professional back then Yeah, i was i always thought myself okay i'm 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 doing this i 'm finding my niche market i 'm not st- i don't want to do weddings but i did some portraits yeah. so i i ended a i entered a uh it was color portrait and this was shot with a nikon d seventy <laughs> there you go with a 70 to 200 2.8 lens in my old studio
1: quick pause good glass will always give you better pictures even with an older camera
0: and at that time some of the my friends uh they were shooting the new uh canon full frame and and these were like you know they're they were like the high end you know wedding photographers in in this area And so I just entered, I figured, okay, I I called my friend Savannah, she came over, I I was doing a shoot for her, and I said, hey, afterwards, just, I'm going to shoot a portrait of you. She goes, yeah, no problem. So I just shot a portrait, because I was on a time frame, because I got to get this printed a specific way that they needed for the fair, which I think for back then, minimal, professional, it had to be a 16 by 20. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is from a six megapixel uh, (laughs) camera, and I beat them. And I'm not saying there's, I was just, the gear is, 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 you do need good gear, but it's, it's more how you light it and everything. And this was a six megapixel crop sensor. And a lot of people now, I know they get into the full frame crop sensor, but you know, it's, it's whatever camera you have with you at the time. You do the best you can. Yeah.
1: And the cool thing with today is, um, Pretty much any modern camera um, is, as we say, good enough for your average shooter because um, they're all just incredibly capable. Yeah, I just recently picked up a Panasonic, and the big concern everybody always has is well, it's a micro four third sensor. So it's actually, if you full frame is kind of the standard, um, APS C is about half that size. So, you know, it suffers in ISO performance, but it keeps the whole system smaller. Panasonic and Olympus are going to the extreme, they're, they're cutting the APS C sensor in half, basically giving you a micro four thirds um, with that smaller sensor. Yes. The one hangup is at higher ISOs. You're know, right around 3,200 is kind of my limit. If I put it at 6,400. It does get pretty grainy, but because of that, the whole camera system, the lenses are tiny. Um, some of these lenses are literally a fourth of the size of some of Canon's. I mean, they're itty bitty little lenses. You can carry a whole backpack and it weighs like 10 pounds instead of like 50 pounds worth of full frame gear.
2: That's why I'm stronger than you.
0: i I will admit uh this past week you know i went with my friend crystal we went up to california hot springs i wanted to uh um, let me back up she's also a a photographer out of portaville she's been getting into it and a
2: sweetheart yeah she's Really really nice lady
0: yeah and uh so we were out uh you know going on the little trails right there by the river and uh I took the Fuji XT one and and that was it. The only thing yeah. I, I regret, I, f- I forgot to take my uh, monopod, which is a carbon graphite. But the whole you're jumping from rock to rock and walking around. It's nice having that lighter camera bag. Definitely. Oh my god! It and it, you you wonder. Okay. Yeah, I could have brought the bigger one, but it's like yeah, that's a it's like an extra ten pounds on my back. You know, <laughs> you know, and you know. And it's a bigger bag, and I always get it snagged in the bushes when I'm trying to go under a tree. So smaller, smaller bag, you're more mobile. And also the, the Fuji quality of their images, I, I'm going to say it, they're pretty good.
1: They're pretty spectacular. Like, that's, I was – so my background a little bit. I came from a Canon background originally. So sorry, good David. Man. I switched. I jumped ship. Um <laughs> <Master>. <laughs> But I was at that point where I didn't yet have a full frame. Um, I was shooting on a Canon 50D at the time, you know, which was a solid camera for its day. But um, after I used it for five years, it was you know, starting to show its age a little bit. And I wanted to upgrade. So my initial thought was 6D or maybe the 5D3, just because those are the full frame options. Um, but I started playing with this Fuji camera, and um, I got to borrow one for a weekend. And just seeing what I was, what that camera was capable of producing, like for my purposes personally... I didn't need to go to the full frame option. I was getting the, the image quality I was looking for in a smaller camera. And so I'd rather save on weight and cost with the smaller gears than the big Canon full frame.
2: You're uninvited from this podcast. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
1: Canon's fantastic. Nothing against Canon.
2: I know. I was giving you a hard time. It's not <laughs> like it's Xbox and PlayStation because Xbox wins that every time. <laughs> I, Nintendo I, Switch.
0: I, Nintendo's I have,
2: for five-year-olds. I found
0: that Canon is better at one thing than Nikon. Their lenses. mm, mm. They make spectacular paperweights. <laughs> Arch uh, I kid, I kid my canon friends, but uh now let's say if David were were thinking of going to Mirrorless, would you suggest, hey David, wait to see what Canon's gonna come out with or would you at, try to twist his arm to the Fuji side?
1: At this point, um I'm, I'm, so I'm in that reluctant stage where Canon, they've been behind the technology, and they know it, and um, they haven't done anything about it. And what makes me nervous about that is they are the biggest company. They have the resources.
2: They're and, playing catch-up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're playing catch-up. I mean, they with the resources they have, they should be able to come out with something to, to match what Sony and Nikon are offering. Um, they just haven't. And part of it might just be you know the bureaucracy of a bigger company, but... I'm excited to see what they come out with, but uh, every time I've gotten a little too excited about Canon Gear, I've been left a little bit disappointed with the, the new model. Well, they might have just gotten cocky saying we're the
2: best, so I mean, obviously we're doing something right and I don't need to worry about the rest of these guys.
1: I think that's the case. It's kind of like Kodak back in the day. Right. Kodak had the mark. They were almost a monopoly for a long time. Their biggest rival was Fujifilm, of course, when it comes to the film marketing, but digital came out. In fact, Kodak actually invented the digital camera. They just never mass produced it because um, they're like, well, film is where our money is at. Let's keep making film.
2: Well, they were also ahead of the time, if you think about it, when it comes to digital like that. I mean, if they were the first one, who would have thought that it would have been as big as it is?
1: Exactly. And so since they had such a market dominance in film, they decided not to pursue the digital camera until others started doing it um, and others started to sell. <laughs> and then by the time they jumped into the digital camera game, it was too late and they went out of – well, they're not out of business technically – but they're no longer making cameras.
2: Right. My f- my first camera actually was, uh, my first digital camera was a Kodak. It was a Kodak, really? It was really? a Kodak, yeah. And so Don't we're... ask me what model and make it was. It was, <laughs> it was a, a relatively point and shoot 10x zoom. Heavy. It was a heavier one. It looked like a full body almost, but I got some really good shots at it. I want to say it was a seven or an eight megapixel. Okay. Yeah. Maybe so yeah. 10. I,
1: what I'm looking at right now with Canon, um, If they can come out with something and just wow us in the next year or two, um, they are a big enough company. They'll survive just fine. But if if they prolong it any longer than that, um, I'm seeing Canon doing something similar to Sony, or not Sony, Kodak, and they'll have to end up selling off their patents and just they won't be the same company they were.
0: Now let me ask you this about the Canon uh, D, what is it, the 5D Mark IV? You know, when they came out with that, I'm not one of those guys that looks like specs on the sheet and just goes off of that, but as if, if I were to switch, is, there a, is it worth switching?
2: Or, or even more importantly, if someone like me has a Mark, uh, Mark III, and if I want to upgrade to a Mark IV, is there a reason for it? What's the differences between a three and a four?
1: So here's the big thing on that Canon. Um, so going both from the perspective of you already shoot Canon and also from the perspective of you're buying a full-frame camera for the first time, um, so, Canon launched the 5D Mark IV. You know, that camera's sitting right around a year and a half old at this point. Uh, my only real complaint on that camera is at the price point of like $3,300 on the camera body, that same price point can get you a Nikon D850 or a Sony A7R3. Both of those are over 40 megapixels. Both of those have higher frame rates. Both of those have better low light performance. And so, coming into it for the first time, The Canon is just lower in tech specs. Now, again, to be fair, the Canon is also an older camera. It's been out for over a year, about a year and a half at this point. But they need to drop that price a little bit because for the same dollars, you can get a more powerful camera. Now, here's the cool thing with Canon, though. If you already have Canon lenses, it's not worth abandoning the system just yet. You want to keep your lenses. You Mm -hmm. want to keep using them because those are expensive. That's
2: one of my concerns, even though I still have the kit lens that my, (laughs) my 5D Mark III came with. But let's be honest, you guys have seen my work. Not too shabby for a kit yeah. lens.
1: <laughs> now, comparing the 5D4 right up against the 5D3, um, you're at 30 megapixels now. The 5D3 is at 22, I want to say. So It's a, you mm-hmm. know, a little good, resolution. Good pick. Yeah, or a good. Um, the other big advantage is 4K video. So if you're a video guy, that's... Which well, I
2: don't care about.
1: Yeah. I want to say that's huge. Um And in-camera, that is pretty huge. My only complaint is they finally incorporated 4K in a camera and they didn't fully flush it out. If you try and record to an external recorder, it drops it down to 1080p again. And that's something that video guys want to do is keep that 4K to an external recording device. Um, So that's my biggest gripe with Canon, where it came out with some cool wowing features and specs. It didn't really just blow your mind and make you have to sell your 5D3 to upgrade. Like, it's... It's an upgrade. If you're buying one for the first time, you might as well spend the extra dollars and get the 5D4. It's a cool camera. But uh, if you already have a 5D3, unless you need that video functionality, it's uh, not, in my opinion, not worth the $3,000 to get a new camera.
2: So how often do they come out with a new model like that? When when should we expect the Mark V to come through?
1: Yeah, so once you get to that caliber of camera, you usually see a new one somewhere between four to six years.
2: So I got another three to five years wait. <laughs> Something like that. Sounds like a prison sentence, sir. I don't appreciate you.
1: Unless they come out with a new cool mirrorless camera of some kind. You know, they're, they're working on it. Supposedly, it'll be out the next couple of years, but we'll see. Now, I, if,
2: does Horn Photo take trade-ins? We do.
0: Nice. Let, let me ask you this. <laughs> do, do, do you know, now, I read a rumor that uh, Canon is going to still keep the EOS uh, amount that they use on their DSLR for their mirrorless. I don't know if that's true.
1: Here's the issue with that. That comes from a, a technical standpoint. Um, in a mirrorless camera, the where the lens actually mounts to the camera, um, the distance from that point to the sensor is actually shorter than it is on a DSLR. So unless they make a mirrorless camera that's the same size as a DSLR, which is kind of silly, exactly. um, they would need some sort of adapter to fill that gap so that your your DSLR lens will actually focus correctly on a mirrorless camera.
0: Yeah, because I, I know... On the Nikon side, there's supposedly it's rumored the Z mount, and uh, David making faces over there. No, uh, I, was, I
2: was trying to bite the microphone. Oh to see yeah, if I
0: could. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they made the new uh, this new mount. Some people that I've read on forums, and I know one guy did a rant on YouTube. This photographer I sometimes follow that that's dumb, but you got to remember that's a DSL. Uh, you know, it goes back before dslr the f mount goes way back yeah now you don't have that mirror there so you don't need that that's that's a bunch of space dead space you know
1: the best way to put this for those who just don't fully understand um camera physics a little bit um imagine making a new car um same size as your old model car but you want to put a narrower axle on it you're going to have to shrink the car to make that fit it's not going to work you can't take your old dslr lens and put it onto a, a shorter um, distance to the sensor. It's not going to focus correctly.
2: This is America. I can do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, the one the one nice thing about that, in theory, the lens designers now can make the lenses much smaller. That's correct. In theory. Now I know I I did miss uh, quote the last time when I was griping about the Sony system with the huge lenses, but I was talking <laughs> about their G series yes. lenses. So when I look at their G, because uh, a friend of mine had the eighty-five millimeter one point four,
1: which is a gorgeous lens, but it it's, it's a sh- softball of glass. Yeah,
0: and you look at it; it's bigger than the Nikon.
1: It is. Yeah, and then so so here's the the thing, and people always ask that mirrorless for smaller size, right? If you go full frame, uh, physics doesn't change. You need a full frame lens. Um, so if you really want to stick with that Sony system, which is my, one of my biggest gripes about the system, um, your lenses are just as big as Canon Nikon. They now the, the, on the plus side they do have some really small carry around lenses like their 35 2.8 is, you know, tiny. I love that little lens. But if you want to match glass for glass, you want a 24 to 70 2.8 throughout. It's just as big as Canon Nikons. Yeah, and I've seen
0: on some that uh, if you don't have that little attachment on the bottom, where if you tried to mount that, your camera on a uh, tripod, if the lens – I've seen the lenses like too the, the oh, yeah. big. so That happens sometimes,
1: yeah. yeah. So if you're going to run a really, really massive lens, um, like the eighty-five one-four, and you want to put your camera on a tripod, you will probably need the battery grip for the, the Sony camera just to give it that extra height that it needs.
0: Exactly, so – I get, I'm, I'm trying to compare, you know, juggle around, and, yeah. and now I, I just saw this little thing that the the Nikon D850 has now become like one of the hottest selling cameras. Yeah. But everybody's ready to dump on the DSLRs. It seems like <laughs> so. I, I'm hopeful that they'll come out with one because that's where I'm at right now. I'm at like, okay, Nikon, are, are you going to come out with this? Because if they do, they're going to come out with these new mountain lenses, which I, I'm not yeah. going to gripe about because you could probably adapt the old ones. Exactly. And, and to make a good point, David, just something to think about. I'm thinking. My, I think I told you I have a friend of mine, Richard. He he went from the uh, Nikon. He went from the Canon 5D Mark III mm-hmm. to the Sony A7 II R.
1: A7R two. Yeah. Or R <clears> two. <throat> Excuse me.
0: He uh, he got what's that Meta Bones adapter for the Canon. Yes. And he can autofocus with his Canon lenses on the Sony. And- so, a
1: bit of a product plug, um, I would actually recommend the Sigma MC-11. It's a Sigma adapter for Canon lenses, the Sony bodies. The difference is that one, um, you can plug into a computer and upgrade the firmware. What's happened with some of the older Metabones is they don't function with the, the newest cameras and the newest lenses, and there's no way to change the software of that adapter. So, Sigma's—it's like two hundred fifty bucks. Um, in my opinion, that's one of the best ones on the market.
2: Well, that's good to know. And and he loves it. Now, um, do you you do know the story of why I had to buy my camera in a rush? Right? No. Okay. Um, I did a photo shoot with a lovely redhead at um, the beach, and she was laying on the sand. And the thought was that the water was going to come up and rise over the model. And you know how the very typical beach shot. However, we. Did not take into account how strong the ocean is. Um, (laughs) The ocean picked up said model. You both know what I'm talking about. She weighs maybe a buck, buck ten when she's wet. Picked her up and threw her into me. So both her, me, and my cannon were dipped into the Pacific Ocean. So... I needed a new camera stat, so I wasn't gonna like go shop around for you know at Horn Photo or Amazon. I was like, I know I want the Canon. I know I want the the new Five D Mark Three because I know it just came out recently. I know this is what I'm gonna need. So I went on Amazon and I bought it. Now I was in a rush at that time, so barring any mishaps with my my baby right now, I'm talking about the camera, not my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> she can heal. Uh, I would. <laughs> I would actually probably go to Horn Photo and I would talk to someone like Rudy and say, listen, this is what I'm used to shooting with. This is what I normally shoot. I'm pretty sure if I was to go to Rudy tomorrow and say, hey, man, what would you recommend? Because you know my work. What would you recommend me actually going to do? Should I get a Canon 5D Mark III again and just or get the 5D Mark IV since my old one just took a dump? Or should I get, you know, a Sony or a Fujifilm or a, you know, so I should sell a kidney and get a really expensive one (laughs) or something like that. And I'm pretty sure he would probably get me into something else. I love Canon because that's what I
1: started with. I'm going to say not necessarily. If you love Canon, um, it's a fantastic product. I know I sound like I harp on it a little bit. Um, Part of that is I used to be a Canon shooter and I made the switch. And so I I talk about things I didn't like about it more than what I do like about it. But um, it's still a fantastic product.
2: But if I was to go to you tomorrow what would you recommend based on what you're just talking about? The differences between a 5d Mark III and a 5d Mark IV, and how it's a little behind the times on other companies currently.
1: Yeah. So considering you only have the one lens, I'm assuming that probably going to get roasted the same time your camera body does (laughs) in the event of the ocean coming in. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You do have some freedom there as far as, as not being married to a system by having thousands invested in glass. Um, and so right now, yeah, dollar for dollar, um, Sony and Nikon is offering a, a more powerful camera for the same price. Now, again, the difference is, though, if you really like the way your Canon functioned, it feels good in your hands, mm-hmm. you love the control layout, um, tech specs aren't everything. Again, I shoot Fuji. A lot of people say, it's a crop sensor. It's not a full frame. But for my purposes, the control scheme is so much fun to shoot that that doesn't really matter. And the, the only real advantage of a full frame is that, that ISO performance. Mm-hmm. And the Fuji does a really good job, not quite as good as a full frame. I will admit that readily, but considering i 'm saving so much in weight and in cost of lenses, um, the slight advantage i have in in, in iso performance isn 't that big a deal to me
0: and let me add this that a lot of people probably don 't uh realize fuji 's been making lenses for quite a long time oh yeah yeah they they 've even made large format like four by five and eight by ten. Uh, the lenses
1: and some really impressive cinema lenses as well which you know cost Mm -hmm. an arm and a leg but they're awesome
0: yeah and if i'm not mistaken i think that when when the Hasselblad went to their new autofocus system when they they went away from the zeiss glass if i'm not mistaken I, i think fuji produces the the lenses for the new Hasselblad is it the h system you know
2: what they
1: might i actually don't know that I think I think they do. <laughs> He's smarter than you. <laughs> you know we don't sell Hasselblad. blood yeah, well,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you should. I bet you Amazon does.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know, boy. I, <clears throat> Hasselblad is, <throat> is is. I think blood's gonna. Uh, you know, they're they're competing against the Fuji uh, medium format. That's correct. And then there's Phase One. I think in that market, it's getting ew, it's getting. I mean. The only reason I got rid of my Hasselblad, I loved my Hasselblad, and when I was talking about a modular system, when I heard that digital backs were coming out for them, I was so happy, but then when I saw the price, (laughs) I'm going to pay $30,000 for a back.
1: Yep. So, you already had to have the Hasselblad camera, and you already had to have the Hasselblad lenses, and then depending which back you chose, it was between twenty and fifty grand um just to use the digital backing with that camera.
2: Well, I mean I was gonna get the David Hasselhoff camera. It's a little uh, <laughs> little thing you can get at Kmart
1: for fifteen bucks. There you go.
2: <laughs> the Knight Rider.
1: And so it's cool to see that finally medium format is coming down almost to a consumer level. Like it's still not cheap, but um you know, Fuji's offering it's sixty five hundred bucks on the body. The cheapest lens they make for it's about fifteen, um, fifteen hundred, not fifteen thousand. So your total buy-in is about eight and a half thousand. Um, yeah,
2: but no one ever said anything about photography was ever cheap. <laughs> right? That's true. That's the first true. We, we frame. I did not choose an, a cheap hobby. Yeah, no. it, it it
1: it is. Some people race motorcycles.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, and and
0: the, I saw another rumor. They're they're coming out with a newer, I think, smaller form factor
1: medium format. I've seen that rumor. Um, unfortunately. The only inside knowledge I have is the same rumor site you guys saw. Saw so, so it looks, I know people
0: gripe about the looks of it, but, uh, you know, someone who shot medium format, I loved medium format. I really, really did because you really saw the difference. Now I had a friend, he griped about, uh, the speed of autofocus and I'm like, yeah, come on, you know, it's a full, it's a bigger system. And, and even now on my Nikon, I'm I'm using more manual focus lenses. I could still manually focus, so it's like, what's the big deal? If you got somebody standing in front of you shooting a portrait, well, you could use that. Now, if you're shooting sports cars, you're not going to take a medium format system <laughs> exactly. out there. It's like you know, let's just compare apples to apples, oranges to oranges. You know, so i, I the the speed of the system if you're doing portraits. Well, What do you need? You need to shoot
2: 15 frames a second? I mean... Well, it depends. (laughs) Is the uh, model dropping something?
1: You know, uh, Sony's new, what is it, A9? uh, I think fires 20 frames per second. It's amongst the fastest focusing cameras I've seen. Yeah, I put her up there against the Nikon D5 and the Canon 1DX Mark II. Um, Now, all three of those cameras are over the $4,000 mark. So, how important is focus to you? Right. (laughs) Even a... um, you know, Nikon Terms, the D500, that thing focuses incredibly well. Um, met, you know, when you go medium format, your, your goal is not speed. Your goal is to set up a landscape, to set up a portrait, and you want the maximum quality possible, um, and you have the time to take it.
0: Cameras are one thing. Flashes anymore <laughs> are the most – their systems – it's like – it's unbelievable. And I've never used a flash. I'm, and what I'm talking about is this, the strobes for each camera manufacturer. They've gotten more and more. It, it's like they just said, just slide it on your camera and let it do your thinking for you. I I can't stand their menuing system is even worse.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. You know, some of the menu systems on those flashes, they've not been updated in a very long time. Like Once you learn it, you know, it's not so bad, but... That's always that phrase. Once you learn it, um, if we can design it better, it should make more sense.
0: Exactly. Cause you know, when I started using uh, a flash, I can't remember the model, it was old Mets for my Nikon F one hundred. And what was nice about it, uh it would have these dials. you know, and you would look at the back and you would say, Okay, if you're if you're gonna shoot at this ISO between here and here is going to be perfect exposure when you say so it was a good visual reference Mm -hmm. but long those days are long gone (laughs) now you got this little thing it's like okay i hit this button oh i have to press these two buttons to reset everything i did i know i know they do more but the menuing system should be i think simpler Agreed. Because I have three Nikon flashes. The SB800s, I learned. The SB600, they didn't make it the same, it, in which drove me nuts. So it, it became one of those flashes that I, I started moving over. Then they came out with the 900 series. Now it's, I think, the 5,000. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, that's why I'm going to the – I'm starting to like this new Godox stuff. Not that their menu system is any better, but the controller, at least, I could get to where I want, and I kind of like that. I and, and here's another reason I'm going to a more generic type of flash system, because I use Fuji. I just get a yeah. different controller for it. You know what I mean? I don't have to buy brand, a whole brand new flash system. I got one I could cuss at figure, trying <laughs> to figure it out instead of two you know, different ones. Because I don't think the Fuji flash, what I've seen, the one they, they came out with is really that much better, you know.
1: Yes, yeah, so as a Fuji Mini shooter, was. that is my, my one complaint with Fuji. They launched this new flash, um, I think like the 500EX or something. But um, it's an awesome flash. I, mean, I use it on camera for events. I love that flash. Um, but one of the big features they touted was, you know, the wireless triggering system. Full TTL, off camera, if you have one on your camera. Um, but it's all line of sight. Now, yes, that's what Nikon's been doing for a long time, but um, all the, the best flashes out there right now are using a radio transmission system. It's a better signal. It, you can put the flash inside a softbox and not be afraid of the line of fire being blocked. And that's the one area where Fuji's kind of slipped up, in my opinion.
0: Right, and and don't you need to have two of them to work? Yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: one has to be on the camera so you can make the one off the camera fire.
0: And and how much does one retail for?
1: Uh, well, those guys sitting like five hundred bucks. They're not cheap. So a thousand. Well, let, me, let me just take that out of my back pocket. I got yeah. <laughs> so
0: I, again, that I, I know they're they make stuff to sell product. I I totally get it, but. I think their way of thinking has to change. Uh, you know, do something different. Do something creative. I was hoping Fuji would come up, something to blow everybody away. It's like too. It's like, eh, you're kind of like all the others.
1: Now, what's kind of cool is this, this new one I just came across recently um, called Cactus. Um, the whole design on these guys is you put the trigger on your camera and go to the menu and tell the, the trigger what kind of camera you're using. Then you put a flash on a second trigger, and you tell that trigger what kind of flash you're using, and it all syncs up and works. I, mean, I can throw I like a that. cactus trigger on my Fuji camera, tell it I'm shooting Fuji, um, put a cannon flash onto another cactus trigger, and says and just set it to, this flash is a cannon. Um, and it works. It communicates, it fires, and it's a pretty cool little system. I haven't played with it a whole lot yet, but the, it's really intriguing.
0: See, it's, that's somebody using their head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's to, to buy... A system where you want to fire remotely, you have a five hundred dollar remote, <laughs> pretty much, and, and it's not a pro photo remote. Will you know? it,
1: will it turn on my TV? No, And no. no. I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what the Fuji system currently is. You have to have the the, the you know five hundred ish dollar flash on your camera to, to make f- the other one fire. Fire. Um So you need two of them. Whereas if you go with these these trigger systems, I think the Cactus triggers, the version ones like sixty five bucks, the new versions um, hundred dollars. Put one of those on your camera, one of them on the flash. That's a two hundred dollar buy in to make any flash work with your camera.
2: Just curious, Rudy, is Cactus available on Amazon? It is. It's also available <laughs> at Horn Photo.
0: <laughs> this
2: guy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think
0: manufacturers, if they're going dif- to differentiate from each other i think it's going to take one of them to say okay the megapixels we've peaked we've peaked it you know a camera is a camera film speed shutter speed they have to look at uh, features uh usability uh making it simpler setting up if, if you're if you're going to do an event and it's like you're trying to perform rocket science in your head to set up your system. Yeah, and I can't they've, math. Th- they've lost it. Somebody, whether it be, even if Canon, I'd, I'd give them kudos. But, you know, I prefer if Nikon comes out with something says, okay, here's the system. We simplified it. Here you go. You could customize it how you want it. You, you don't have to jump backwards through hoops. <laughs> We've given you all the megapixels. Here you go.
1: That's one of the cool things right now. Um, I'm sure if any of my customers hear this, you've, you've noticed when you come in and um, come in with no idea what you want, um, but you're new to photography, you want something fun. Recently, I've been reaching for a Panasonic, um, not because I feel that the, you know, they're better than other brands or anything, but they have a lot of just fun, easy-to-use features. You know, not to rave too much on them, but uh, they have a, a what they call their their 4K photo mode, and some of their cameras, it's 6K photo mode. Essentially what that does is it drops your resolution a little bit. So if it's 6K photo mode, you go from 20 megapixels to 18. But it'll fire off 30 pictures per second. So it's basically a straight video. Um, and it gives you this one big lump file that you can look through it, save the photos you want, and delete the rest of that, that dump file. That's a fun feature. That's cool. That's, that's new. It's different. Um, and a lot of people who are shooting sports, like their little kids playing t-ball, they're like, oh, that's great. I can just hold the button down while he swings the bat... Yeah, save the but, three shots I like and delete the rest of them.
2: Yeah. But we all know that every mother in America will never throw any of those pictures away. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: If you want to keep all, you know, you hold it down for two it, seconds. It'll be six dad shots, going, right, there's it.
2: junior. Yeah. You hit the ball. It's gone. Okay. Delete the rest. And the wife's like,
1: what the hell did you just do? That's our <laughs> only job. What's wrong with it? if we don't have another one? i wouldn't leave you But I mean, it's on a lot of the cameras, <laughs> it's like one switch or one button. Um, it's, they're, it's such a cool little feature. You just turn that mode on, hold the button, save the ones you like, turn the mode off. It's a it's just a, a sign of them, you know, coming out with something new that nobody else is doing. And you know, and, and I could see that.
0: I think what Nikon and Canon have become. Each one is on the fence, and they're like, okay, you you, you get off the fence first. <laughs> pretty you know, much. You know what I mean? They're sitting there watching each other. It, Someone
2: it, should push one of them.
0: It's, it's going to take somebody, and I was hoping Fuji would do a little, I'm not going to say they're a small company, but here's a company that's going to come out of nowhere. They're
1: pretty small by comparison to the top three.
0: Yeah, and and say, look, this is what we've done. And I encourage anybody to touch the X-T2 or, or get it, and, and look at the this little system they made. It's their nice little camera. Now, I don't know much about the H1. My friend Pet just got one.
1: Yeah, the H1 is a pretty sweet camera. Um, my only complaint on it is it is quite a bit larger than the X-T2, but its main you know, goals is not only be more physically resistant to damage like a big DSLR, um, but you know they put some pretty heavy um, improvements in the video functionality. So if you're a video guy, it's awesome. If you are coming into Fuji for the first time and you just want the best of the best, it's a great camera. But if you're looking for that super small, compact size, the X-T2 is quite a bit smaller.
2: Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I recently, I've been having an issue with my beauty dish. It's a little too heavy for the light that I have. So I was like, well, I need to get a new light that I can hold it unless I get a new clamp to hold the other one. So I was actually looking at um, the B. The alien, oh, bee. alien, alien bees. bees Yeah. I looked at the Einstein. Actually, it looks really simple to use, and it even has a YouTube video on how to use it that they supply. I mean, thats I think that's a company that's actually using the technical know-how of the day to say, okay, we're here to help you as much as possible. I mean, when you have someone from the company legit showing you how to use everything, I like that.
0: Yeah, and I think Einstein's always directly sold to people, if I'm not mistaken, I don't I think,
2: believe so. I'm not yeah, positive. Yeah. that. we don't carry them.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think any it's of the only big through ones. their website. You yeah, can't go to Amazon so. or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's only through them. They, they are interesting, and and again, and and it, even lighting, it's gotten so you know convoluted too. The different systems. That's why I'm looking more to go because I want one ring to rule them all, <laughs> and I'm talking about adapter ring because I. So the thing is, I love my. Uh, or oh, what do they call them? the Ellen crumbs. I love those lights. Yeah, I have to take a portable battery pack that's sold from, <laughs> uh, uh, you just mentioned their name. They do the Einstein. Einstein. Alien yeah, Bees? Uh, the Alien Bees, whatever they're called.
2: Zzzz.
0: And so, uh, that one. yeah, the beer's getting to me. But, uh, you know, it's a 400 watt light. Yeah. I can overpower the sun. <laughs> yep. The Godox, I'm i have been having fun, but 200 watt light. I took. Uh, it was it was a bright day. I was up by three rivers. 200 watts is not enough. Plus, when you use the high speed sync mode, it doesn't give you true 200 watt because it's pulsating.
1: Yeah. And so, then
0: and then I just heard not to cut you off. Go ahead, you good. Those type of lights that do that, I've read that they don't last as long because because of that because how they have to fire, and how is that true?
1: Um, yes. If you can imagine, going back to car analogies, can you imagine taking a, a pickup truck, and let's say you, you strap a single bale of hay to the back of it and transport it. Now take that same truck and strap it to a boulder and yank on it. Um, the the Every time that flash has to fire, that's more wear and tear. So if you're just driving that flash harder, it is going to wear out faster.
0: Yeah, and plus you're not, because it has to pulse it, you're yeah. not getting a true... 200 exactly. watts.
1: Not a single just boom, there's your light. It's actually kind of have to
0: basically, like fluorescent it. lights. That's what they do. They pulse, they don't stay bright. Yeah. They, they pulse because it's pulsing as the curtain to yeah. cover to get the coverage. Yeah. So, but you know, again, I like using uh, larger lights, uh, not so much larger, but uh, more, more powerful. powerful lights out there. I was hoping for the perfect system. <laughs> small, light, and powerful, but, you know, it is what it is. And
1: that's Fujifilm's biggest struggle right now is having a, a really fleshed-out lighting system for it. Godox is one of the better ones out there, um, in my opinion. They're just awesome. Um, but, again, that cactus trigger, if you're showing speed lights instead of strobes, um, you know, it's convenient. It works.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start winding down. Uh, well, something I overlooked in the first part of the show, uh, what projects have you guys been working on?
1: I'll let Rudy go first. All right. Okay. So, um, apart from you know, working at Horn and doing what I do there, um, I do have a, a small art studio space I rent out over in downtown Fresno. I'm at Broadway Studios again. My my first passion is fine art. I sell cameras as my job, and I do photography for fun and for art and for a hobby. And that's you know separate from work, but it's it's. It's one of those things where if I was shooting weddings all the time, I would just be driven crazy by shooting photos for work and then shoot photos for, for fun. Uh, but because I work around cameras, I can shoot for fun. Anyway, all that to say, um, I'm constantly working on new projects, new art projects for my, my gallery space. Um, I do a lot of portraits and landscapes. Um, I like to, to build things. Um, I'm actually working on – I have a model lined up and everything. I'm going to be making a, a suit of armor um like medieval style armor but entirely out of of sheets of paper because i have a ton of paper that should either be shredded or you know disposed of somehow so i'm going to use that with with some Elmer's glue and, and make it into big steel plates of paper that i'm then going to go to forge into armor it's going to be kind of cool i and, have some uh,
2: junk mail if you need it Oh, no i got some <laughs> i got
1: plenty <laughs> but it's going to be um that it's going to be kind of this 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 sign of like hey Look at all this waste we produce all the time. We need to start doing something about it. And that's going to be kind of the theme on that. Oh, cool. I like that. That's cool.
2: What are you, Dave. Well, not as creative as Rudy over there. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> recently, I just did my first nude shoot, Nude Male Shoot, which is completely different. I don't know if I either of you have worked with nude males. And as we all know, it's very difficult to get a man naked, sober, and in front of a camera. Now, if you get him drunk with all of his buddies, it's like that. It's a heartbeat. It's easy. <laughs> it's just a dare away. Uh, it's really, di- it's, it's a lot different than working with females. Obviously you have your different perspectives you got to work with and different challenges. So I'm, re- I'm going to be doing some more of those. Um, and I'm looking for new models to work with, you know, just getting some really good headshots done. Um, I'm finding that with doing the headshots, it's opening me up on learning how to do my uh, lighting much better. Mm-hmm. So I want to get that down to a fine point and then I'm going to hit locations and see how that's affected me on location. So that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of doing the self-taught uh, thing right now, just trying to figure out all the lighting and all the problems I could have. And then in the next two or three months, I might even start my own podcast, too, not to go against you in any way, shape, or form. And I do plan on having you there. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> um, I will still supply the alcohol, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> But, um, that, I mean, that's just another thing that's in my mind. I just got a bunch of stuff that's kind of photography-related that's in my head that either I don't have the finances because, well, we're not rich, and I don't have the time to really do, and, and or the models. We both know this area kind of... If you find a good model, you grab onto her and you keep her. Not literally, because that's illegal. But you you try,
1: <laughs> yeah. You,
2: you keep working with her as much as you can because the Central Valley area for all you photographers that want to move to the Central Valley area, go somewhere else because you're not going to find anybody. It's yeah, we're too spread out, and, and Model Mayhem is not going to help yeah. anybody now. And and honestly,
0: there's no new models coming to Model Mayhem. To me, Model Mayhem is. It took a,
2: it, it took a I,
0: crap. I, 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 my space. I, I don't. I always think Instagram is a better. Place. It is.
2: It is. It is. It, yeah. and, but um, just finding models that uh, that like I I know you guys do a lot of non nude work. I I'm working on non nude work also. But doing a lot of nude photography, they see my work and they automatically think, oh, he does porn. He just wants to get me naked. I I kind of want to get you naked, but I don't want to <laughs> shoot porn. And they they get the wrong bias, or right. their boyfriend does, or their family does. And
0: it's just it, it sucks. It's it's the mindset of this valley is very it's it's not open. You know we're not Frisco. You know if you go to Fresno, the art hop, it's yeah. kind of you go to the one here in the Vicelli area, uh, it's it's it, a lot more
1: um, reserved. Actually. Yes, yeah, in like flowers and, and mountains. Yeah,
0: and you know pottery and, and crafts. I mean, and that's cool, that's cool, but w- we're not a big metropolis in, in the mindsets that way, and I, I, you know, it is what it is, you know, so, yeah.
2: But that's what I've been doing for the most part, is just working on the the studio work, you know, getting the lighting down. I like, mm-hmm. I contacted Rudy about it, and it an issue I was having uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he helped me a bit, uh, not completely, I had to finagle around it a little <laughs> bit, and I'll explain that to you after the podcast, But it's just, it's me working on me, but working with new models too, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. So I don't have any grand scheme of shoots I want to do. I've been working with glitter, which is a lot of fun and really (laughs) messy. So if anybody wants to do that, it's a lot of fun and really messy. Um, But that's what I've been doing.
0: That's cool.
2: I I did finally
0: get to go to California Hot Springs, explored there. I've been doing some shoots uh, up in the hills right now. It's green, finally. <laughs> we, we got go. some rain finally here in california so that's been nice and i'm gonna try to set up another one before it dries up because uh, g- give it a week and a half
2: no you got about three weeks before it does yeah, it's yeah, not getting it's, hot enough yet yeah for yeah,
1: those who don't live in this area we generally see probably a grand total of about four or five weeks of rain a year so it's not often that we get that kind right. of rain because there's and i've
2: seen rudy do a rain dance naked on his roof to try to get rain it didn't work <laughs> that
1: is a lie i am native american that's the only reason he said that wait you are i didn't even know you were i was just making a joke yes i am cherokee well uh, do a rain dance dude
0: <laughs> but yeah it's there's a reason they call us the golden state because that grass just turns golden brown and it's 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 not like we live in Washington, you know, in yeah. the Seattle area where everything's much more green. And, yeah, you could go up to the parks and everybody in another probably not even month, everybody's going to be coming up yep. here to go to the sequoias. But, yeah, that's going quite a bit up there. But this year, it's on the bucket list. I want to shoot more along the coast. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not just to get away from the valley heat, but I want to shoot at the coast more.
2: Your best bet would be pirates, dude. There's not many, not as nearly as many people there.
0: Yeah, I thought of that. The only problem here is the thing. Gear on back going down, is it that bad of the hike they, they say it is?
2: The hike sucks, um, but it won't kill you. Uh, it depends on how much gear you're traveling with.
1: Okay. And it's a PSA. Always be careful of bringing your camera to the beach. Sand is the oh, number yeah. one way of destroying your camera apart from sitting on
0: it. Yeah, and then or dropping it in the Pacific Ocean or
1: dropping it in the Pacific Ocean.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, where can we find you, Dave? Oh, I'm on Instagram at DPCS559 and I'm on Facebook. Same thing. DPCS Photo, I believe, is on Facebook.
0: Okay.
1: All right. All my artwork, um, you can find it under the name Lysarian Creations. So on Instagram, they just be at l-y-s-a-r-i-a-n underscore creations or you can just go to lysariancreations.com Oh, you know, great and you could find me
0: at Avila 64 on instagram and then at avilastudios.com and uh i wanted to clarify one shout out i did last week for my good friend joe schaefer at sweetwater i probably should have mentioned what sweetwater is uh They sell audio gear, and he's the one that's been supplying me with all these new goodies I'm trying to learn. So I figured, well, by just saying Sweetwater, it was like, is that a town in Texas or something like that? (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) So I wanted to clarify that. So uh, I wanted to thank him for all the good gear and good advice that he's given me on that. And uh, I'll just leave it off to open up that aperture and let some creative light.
1: Trip Priority is an Avila Studios production. For
2: more information on what Avila Studios has to offer, please visit us on the World Wide Web at
1: avilastudios.com.